This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White. First episode of, well, after the start of the new season, and what a start to the season it was. 3-0 against Crew. I mean, let's face it, the performance doesn't exactly match the result, but 3-0 against Crew, that's a great way to open. Um, I, I mean, Sam, Sam and I, I think all three of us had doubts going into the season opener, given what Lowe didn't exactly have the best start to last season. We've got lots of new players bedding in, new style, everything like that, plus key players injured such as Ames and Telford, Taylor. And yet, 3-0 win. Quite remarkable, wasn't it, Sam? Yeah, absolutely fantastic game. I was there and uh, we're not going into expecting very much. As uh, long-term listeners will know, I haven't seen us win away before Saturday since February 2018. Oh, I forgot about that. Should have had that to yeah. the list. <laughs> Yeah, exactly oh, that. Gosh, so yeah. even more remarkable. So I was thinking, look, you know, I'm very helpful for the Ryan Lowe era long term. But as we've said, it, it does, you know, it's a difficult um, system to learn. Early, you know, still very early, first game of the season. Players out injured. Crew are a strong home side. Fact draw that in. I was not expecting much. So I was thinking maybe we'll nick a draw if we get a good day. Probably more likely we'll lose. Is what I was thinking. And to, to come away from it with a three 0 win is that was absolutely remarkable. It's just. Obviously, having seen such a such a long wait since the last year's went away, it was a moment of pure relief, I think, more than enjoy. So I was uh, delighted to see that. I think the performance was, was pretty good. Maybe to a 3-0, it was not reflective of the game, but we showed some fantastic attacking play in the first half. And we showed, you know, even though we did sit a bit too deep, some really good defensive solidity second half. Saw enough in that performance to be very confident going into the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't lucky enough to go like you do, but I mean, I did get the opportunity to watch back and it was it was great it was as you say something that we perhaps didn't necessarily expect but I mean to come away from your first game of the new season no matter what season it is and having won 3-0 add to that it's away from home it's hard not to be pleased and you know I, I just want to bring in the way we attacked because it, it it was we I know we were led to expect an overload but I didn't expect it to be quite the extent of four minutes into the season having six players in the op- opposition box looking to score a goal. I mean, it was, it, it, it was, I don't know if I've become desensitised to what attacking should be as a result of the Derek Adams era, but seeing something like that was pretty incredible. So yeah, as I say, hard not to be pleased. And 
it, uh, it's enough to give us all optimism about where this season can go, I think. So, yeah, very exciting what, times. Sam, what was your, your top three moments of the match? Uh, first goal, second goal, and third goal. <laughs> Bit of a cliche answer. Um, yeah, I, I suppose they're the I moments I, I, celebrate I, most. I, I can't think what else it would be. I think, um, yeah, I mean, uh, first goal, I kind of thought Riley could have pulled the trigger himself. Seeing at the angle again second time would have been a bit more difficult than I first thought. But hey, did the right the thing coming back too because he had, he had two players on for the cutback. Imagine, imagine okay, yeah. let's, let's put it the other way. Imagine he shoots and it, you know, it, it doesn't go into saved just wide rev because it's, it's a tough angle. Imagine he does that. Who? How many people are going to turn around and say, why didn't you cut it back for the two people literally stood there waiting for a tackle? Well, yeah, I think I just wasn't really paying attention to it at the time, to be honest. I think I've just done my okay, own. I'll tell you what, I can even give you an example. Last season, Sunderland, when Thrall killed shot, and ever, what was everyone's reaction? Why didn't he pass it? Like Kerry against, Kerry against Wickham, Wickham as well, yeah. when he did, didn't pass it to Ladapo, but... Um... Yeah, you probably. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just didn't really notice him at the time. But anyway, it resulted in the goal. Fantastic. Um, second goal. Yeah, really, really good finish. It was one of those that looked like it went in slow motion. When you actually look at it again, it's a really, really you know. Yeah, right I said that. I couldn't have I, put it better. It was my first take afterwards. So I sent it to the group chat. Say it's like, oh, it just it sort of rolled in. You know, slowly creeping there. But no, it hit it really hard. I think the problem was because we were directly behind it or virtually directly behind it. It's hard to judge. It's hard to perceive the depth of the shot, so how far it's moved in what time. Yes, I so agree, so agree. that and hence why it looked like it moved slower because it, it he hit it he hit it very firmly and right in the bottom corner. Oh yeah, he he hit it well without a doubt. It's a very difficult for the, um, for the keeper to say. I don't really think you can blame the keeper because it was just right in his uh, right in his corner. So that was a good goal, and the third goal was obviously a fantastic counter attacking goal. Great ball by Danny Mayer. We all thought Mayer was going to shoot, or at least me and my mate did anyway, but he, he cleared to be fair to him. He clearly saw McFadden was in a better position, so he laid it out well. It wasn't even a better position in the end. Well, he actually shoots. <laughs> he's so wide, he's got a player. It's a really good shot, but it's not actually a very good goal-scoring position. Well, me, me, I maybe. think we're looking at poor goalkeeping for that yeah, one, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I respect the effort, but I mean, he should be saving the keeper that. keeper got too he? low, so when he got up to it, he could only push it up rather than away. Think there's yeah, a that's a fair assessment. Um, yeah, we we certainly got back into the game the last um the last ten minutes. I think when we brought Conor Grant on, I think the fresh legs and the more possession based style did help. Um, I think the fresh Taylor legs are the problem, really. Well, I mean, I, I've, we, we've debated this a bit. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So so Sarsvich throughout the entire match only made ten passes, right? I mean, I think. Oh, I can't remember how many I. Had Mayer down for actually, but I, as far as I remember, Danny Mayer made fewer than twenty. But between them in the first half, or is it? I think between them overall, Joe Edwards made more passes than the two put together. I think that might have been first half. Problem being that those two just did not hold possession at all, and without them holding possession, Argo were forced backwards. Particularly in the second half, that very dom, very dominance, that crew dominance was pretty much related to lack of possession, fullback, wing-backs becoming full-back, and just the dominance of midfield. They pushed their full-backs. They, our wing-backs retreated. Their full-backs pushed forward, and all of a sudden, every time they had the ball, they could play it out wide. The centre-mids would have to split, go backwards, and just they had space all over the park. Now, we defended it really well, but the moment Conor Grant came on, well, not quite the moment. They, they, they were still building up head of steam. But a few minutes after Conor Grant came on, Argyle finally managed to get a foot on the ball. Taylor helped as well. And they just passed it around a bit more. And all of a sudden, Crew's threat just totally dissipated. And it went from 
looking like they were really threatening to pull a goal back and make it game on. And they were throughout the second half. They came close to getting one back. And that would have been game on. To just not really having anything. And Conor Grant went on to make eight passes in, I think it's about 60 minutes, compared to Sarsovic's 10 in 80. And just by having that control of the ball, Mm -hmm. killed their threat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it certainly did help. I think the first half, although, you know, even in the first half, Sarsovic's passing wasn't particularly great. He didn't have a great many, and the ones he did have, they were generally quite short range. So even though his passing wasn't great first half, what he really did to great effect first half was his sort of boundless energy that you've come to expect from him as a player. Mm. He chased down well. He, he, he led the press very well. He, play, he played the high press superbly. Oh, I'd say Edwards led the press best, especially in the first half. Edwards was everywhere. Joe Ed, I mean, Sarsovic pressed well, don't get me wrong. Joe Edwards was absolutely everywhere. He won the ball back more than anyone else in the first half. He won the ball back more than anyone else throughout the game. He was brilliant. Mm. And the person who stood oh, no, next we... to me said Argyle's Kante, which is a bit much. But I can, you well, you point. can kind of see where they're coming from, can't you? I but... can see it, yeah. But what, what I mean by Sarsovic, because he was that little bit high. Obviously, yeah, Edwards, but Edwards was, was everywhere. You're right. He he probably he did more than Sarsovic. I'm not going to deny that. But what Sarsovic did do very well was that he could obviously could he was that bit higher up than Edwards. He wasn't afraid to push that little bit higher up the pitch to get right up to their centre-halves in terms of the, the really, the, you know, the very much high pressing, which Edwards was never going to do quite the yeah, same. Yeah, Riley he, did he, that he, well he too. He was that 10 yards deeper. Riley did, and, and McFadden did, I think. Yeah. Um, all of them did, all of them did, really. And so, yeah, I think for first half, although Sarsovic still wasn't much one for keeping the ball and passing, he didn't pass a lot first half, he very much did help the attacking play by, his, you know, his sheer intent and his energy and his positioning on the pitch. That just helped us, you know, pressure them and it didn't allow them to play out from the back. And we, we were winning all the second balls that fell, so I think he was a big part of that. When it comes to the Conor Grant Sarsovic question, I was very much pro Conor Grant before Saturday. Post-Saturday, I'm really not sure what to think, because whilst you can point to the fact that, yeah, Conor Grant kept the ball a lot better when he came on, would he have been able to do quite that boundless, enthusiastic, pressing, attacking Yeah, but we wouldn't have had to press. Never. We wouldn't have had to press no, if we I had the would ball. Would he need to if we That's had the, the point. ball? That's the point. Sarsovic had to yeah, press true. to defend because they had the ball. Remember, yeah, they true. then didn't have the ball. On top of that, how many chances did Sarsovic create? There's a big Not fat zero. That re- none that I can Connor remember. Grant. First, he uh, it's a nice ball from him to get pick out Mayer, who then goes on a nice little... Uh, beats one and gets a shot, in which is blocked. That's his first attacking involvement. That's one more than Sarsovic uh, achieved already. Then from a uh, nice piece of play involving Baxter and uh, Mayer, he creates a chance for Taylor. So that's one chance created, one ahead of Sarsovic. And then at the end of the day, it's his lovely, you know, defence playing pass that sets Mayer away to um, uh, set up McFadden for the winner. So l- let's be perfectly clear. Sarsovic probably doesn't make that pass. Conor Grant did. No, I agree. I agree he doesn't make that pass. I get that entirely. But OK, yeah, so the point is that, he, you know, we wouldn't have to rest so much if we had the ball. Well, I get that entirely. But even with, a you know, a more possession-based style, there are still going to have to be a lot of high-line, high-pressing, enthusiastic runners. And that Conor Grant can do that. He, I see no reason why he can't. Quite to the same level. Yeah, but it wouldn't need to be to the same level. Yeah, but still need to be quite a fair level, though, no matter what style you play. And even then, he pressed quite well when he came on. He made a nice sliding tackle, very late towards the end of the match. It's all of acting because he's got a strength that he can also do something else. No, I'm open-minded. I'm, you know what? I'm not against it. I think it could be. I think I'd be. I'm in that position now, but before the match, I was very much, oh, you know, quite disappointed. Stars to Richard starting, but. You're a total reactionary, and you've seen the result and you know, completely changed your opinion based on it. Well, I've not completely changed my opinion. I'm still, you know, if Conor Grant was brought in for the Colchester game, I would still 
you know, I still wouldn't be unhappy. It's just more the fact that now I'd be in a position where I'd be happy seeing either of them start rather than purely wanting Conor Grant to start. Okay, let's go back. Oh, I, I want to talk a bit more about Joe Edwards because I thought he was just fantastic. And in particular, just the idea of going from Songo and Fox to Joe Edwards is just it's given me a massive smile because he can do it. It's honestly it's like the two of them put together. He's got the defending, the strength, the stamina, the energy, and he's got the skill, the passing, and the awareness, and the dribbling. He's got. I think he's got... He is just... Oh, God, I wish we had him last season. What a pleasure to watch he it's was. It's already like, beginning to make me wonder how we've managed to get a player of his quality... Why is he in League 2? we've been relegated into League 2. I mean, exactly, exactly. And... Yeah, why I'd did Walsall release him? More importantly, why did yeah, Walsall let right? him go? So, so I, I should say yeah, that prior yeah. to uh, it was midway through uh, the seventeen eighteen season. It wasn't midway through. It was right towards the end, probably March Aprilish. He tore his ACL. I think he had a very long term injury. Uh, so they extended his contract, which had expired at the end of that season, through to uh, the end of last season. But he only came back to fitness around January. One of his first games back was the 2-1 loss to Argyle at home park. Um, but I also believe that he was one of their highest earners and because they were in a, um, a financial cycle when they were cutting down on spending, uh, they they mm. were more inclined to release him to save money. Mate, mate, that makes sense. I suppose mm. a new manager would rather would have got the new manager to have a bit of a fresh... Yeah, we've got the hiccup, a bit of a fresh start maybe as well. wouldn't say Stuart Sinclair's very, very fresh. You seen his beard? Seen his well, hair? yeah, but yeah, I, I can't imagine. Maybe, maybe Edward isn't so much of a so much of a Daryl Clark player compared to a low one. I don't so know. Stuart, Stuart Sinclair is Daryl Clark's Ian Songo, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, not a bad shout. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's quite incredible in the sense that maybe this role is perfect for him or something like that. But when we're looking at it, he's the sort of player that could. Well, certainly very easily slotted into our side last season, and most League One sides, judging by what we've seen. I'm trying not to get carried away with it, but I mean, I guess it just goes to show how really, when we were building up through pre-season, saying, oh, what will happen if we get one injury to Joe Edwards? That would be a very serious part of our style yeah. that needs to be That's rectified. That's now a daunting prospect. I mean, bit of a... Yeah, I mean, when... Baxter came on, I mean, to be honest, he didn't have too much time and there wasn't too much that I actually saw that he did. Whether Randall be able to do what Edwards has done, I mean, that's a lot Big of pressure him, on a yeah. young man, isn't it? So, I, yeah. So, yeah. I was going to say, when Baxter came on and then when Grant came on, I thought the positional play of the three midfielders was still pretty good. I mean, it, it's actually, it, it's a stupidly basic tactic of a line of five, a line of three, and then one more running around in between. But it worked so well because Charlie Kirk, to get the ball, had to drop deep, and all of a sudden he was playing as an inverted sort of left mid slash centre mid, which is away from the danger area. Um, they just didn't... It just had them going backwards in general. We, we, there'd be spaces on the other side, but it impressed them so well they had to go backwards to get it there, which means by that time we sort of shifted across. For the large part, we the defence. I mean, honestly, there are so many positives coming out of this game. Defensively speaking, yeah, no, we we were really solid. The like I say, the midfield worked well. They they pressed man to man. We inverted the midfield at times, so Edwards went from the being the deepest line to the, the furthest up, so they could mark man for man across the midfield three, 
And they, they clearly weren't that confident with the ball because once you pressed them, they were just inclined to go backwards. They, we rarely saw one of their midfielders try and set off on a forward run that if you watch some of the highlights from last season, you can see them, you know, see them attempting. And I think it helps in League Two to be to have a higher class of player when it comes to using possession. Because the majority of players we're going to come up against in League 2 either aren't fast and strong, but it's so David Fox kind of player. In particular, I'm thinking of Nicky Law, who's good in possession, but is hardly fast strong enough to, say, outrun Edwards or Sarsovic, who can, you know, they can outrun them. Or they've got the physical attributes, but they don't have the, you know, skill with the ball. So... It's it's easier for us to go man for man, knowing that there aren't too many scenarios in which they'll get past, and if they do, then there's plenty of players back there to cover anyway. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's right, and it's it's good that we have that bit of variety on it with regards to um, with regards to the midfield. They're all very you know physically, they're all very physically fit players. They can all run around like they've all got a lot of energy. We just talked about Sarsovic's energy, talked a bit again about Conor Grant's energy. Edwards again has got immense energy. Bit of a gripe with Edwards, if anything, just to add a little bit of balance to the uh, Joe Edwards loving. Now, energetic, you know, being everywhere, tackling, getting his foot in, all that's fantastic. It's short passing is absolutely fantastic. Is he one to pick out a 15, 20-yard absolute pearl of a pass? Like oh, Fox you say that. He completed that's... more of those than anyone else on the pitch. Boom. But in, in, in the real... Uh, actually, the long ones or not? Yeah, long pass. I can't pass. remember that many. I'm not... I should say, okay. new, to, <laughs> new to my list of ridiculous stats that I spend <laughs> a ridiculous amount of time capturing, I have now segmented between short, long-headed passes, deep completions, very deep completions, and high-risk passes, whereas previously it was pass-success-fail. That was it. So, okay, that, that's that's fair enough. Were they were they you know you know when you saw with five, okay you know they may, maybe completed some good long passes, but were they kind of quite simple long passes that wide to players in space? Because I, I, the only thing I can't really remember him doing quite so well is what Fox did is those real sort of threaded through boards through players right to the target. Is he? We say that Fox great never committed them, yeah. that many of them, and at the end of the day, mm. you've also got to remember that we, we didn't need so many of them because the, you know the onus wasn't really on doing that. The point the point is to get people moving to create space. So think think Mayer. Mayor, I think Mayor for when he um, created McFadden's goal, he runs inside to create space for McFadden mm. on the outside. Think of that Connor Grant cross for Taylor. That's a simple. That's so simple. It's Baxter runs across to take a defender with him, leaving Mayor and Grant two on one. Mayor draws the man and passes. It, you, you don't need as many, you know, delicate threaded through balls. Uh, but in no, it, you're right. In the end, what was it? I think uh, Edwards three long passes attempted. Uh, no, seven attempted, three out of seven success. It's fair, it's fair enough. I mean, three out, three out of seven, I mean, it's not... I mean, by comparison, Fadzine but... was five out of 11. Okay. Um, About the same sort of percentage. Yeah, Canavan, one out of five. To be fair, he's taking them from even deeper. But again, he he, yeah. uh, he had the most... Oh, so sorry. Fadzine actually had the most... Well, three of McFadden's five were throw-ins, and it's hard to distinguish between... They were long throws, so they sort of went down as long passes. Edwards had the most open play long passes completed. Okay, uh, yeah, I'm not saying really bad at many means. I guess even if he is less good at it than Fox, then you could be... You know, if you're less good at that than Fox, that doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're, you know, you're a bad long pass. sacrifice I'm willing to make, to be honest. He brings so much more, more to the table. Make if he brings a lot more, yeah. I, I, I'd go with that. That's I mean, his, what I'd his passing's still far, you know, far exceeds what... Think, think what I say. Songo had stayed. We'd be looking at a play. You know, he's comfortable at breaking up possession there, but he's not exactly stringing it together himself. Whereas Edwards is doing that both up together. I, honestly, I loved Edwards. I, I, his performance was one that 
brought me the most joy throughout the game. I, I didn't give him man of the match, but I loved watching him. That was... Should we talk a little bit about man of the match then? Yeah, let's talk about man of the match. Yeah, it's undisputed. I don't think anyone I mean, you... disagreed with this, right? No, absolutely. I mean, it's just that you were mentioning to Sam at the start about top three moments of the game. I'd put the second goal as an extended moment because there's the absolutely crucial save that Palmer, yeah. the man of the match, made just before it. I mean, I, I know you gave him a 10 out of 10, your ratings. I was, I mean, now I'm between a 9 and a 10. I mean, yeah, it was perhaps, well, I mean, put it this way, when was the last time we had a performance like that from an Argyle goalkeeper where we were debating whether it was perfect or not? See, yeah, it's true. I mean, the, the, what tipped me over the edge is that one, you've got to be open to giving a 10 out of 10 sometime, otherwise there's no point having it. I mean, I accept it wasn't a completely yeah. perfect performance, but I thought it was worthy of the 10. And the reason I gave it the 10 was because it had that match-winning aspect. Because if he doesn't make yeah. that double save, not only does the second goal not go in, because the, the second goal literally comes almost directly from a long... After he makes that save, there's a long ball upfield, it gets cleared out for a throw, and from that throw in two passes later, Joel Grant scores. So we're talking less than a minute between the two. So not only are we looking at that second goal not going in had he not made the save we're looking at 1-1 that, that's a match changing moment there because if, if we go into second half at 1-1 and crew gone to dominate they're looking at a goal to win sort of thing and, and then you factor in the other saves he made match winning appeal is why he gets the 10 for me because while he was virtually perfect his kicking was great command of his box was great his shot stopping was brilliant when he I mean it's one thing for a keeper to have a perfect game but not really have much to do. So like, I know he has one good save to make, not top save, but one good save to make and a couple of crosses to deal with and he does it all perfectly. That doesn't get you a 10, I guess you're like an 8 because while you've done everything perfectly, you don't, yeah, you aren't really that stretched. He was really stretched, he had a lot to do, he dealt with it brilliantly and he had the match winning appeal, that's a 10 for me. Yeah, you made a very persuasive case for it. I think I did nine at the time, but just because there were, there were a couple of kicks that weren't so great and there were a couple of catches that he dropped or beat, he then picked them up. It was up, only so. one. Yeah, it was one fumble and then one shot yeah. that he spilled ever so slightly, but then it was a tough shot. Oh, it was a, not a tough shot. It was a drilled shot and he gathered it before anyone, with both of them, he got them yeah. back before anyone got there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very much either the high end of a nine or a low end of a ten, isn't it? And I think I gave him the high end of a nine, but I can very much leave, okay? I mean, when you're taking away from, he had a fantastic when you're taking game. a ten away from a keeper for a couple of long kicks, I think that would be. Inc- I mean, I, I can I can see the case for the nine is what I'm saying. I'm not going to really dispute it. I was just I was happy to go for the ten, but if you're taking it away from for two long kicks as a goalkeeper, then I'd be disappointed. I've only given one ten the past few seasons. I don't know if any of you remember what it was. or can guess what it was. Um, no, I can't remember actually. I, I'm, I'm sure I would have argued with you about it and any told you you're an Adam? idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Not the first. Tony Bradley at Anfield. Oh, you! You actually did tell me that, but that was before I kept track. Oh god, yeah. When <laughs> that was a compl- yeah. that was a All perfect right, game in my eyes. Well, when was the last time we? Yeah, I'm just going back to when we had the last. Nine or ten for a goalkeeper? Can anyone genuinely remember? I think Re- no. I think I gave Remy Matthews a nine at Bradford away when he saved a penalty and had a very. Oh yeah, game. that rings a bell because he had a very good game yeah. there. Okay, I mean, I'm thinking back to the the last goalkeeper performance I can remember as good as what Palmer performed at the weekend. That was why today's tense, didn't they? Anyway, um, was Luke McCormick at Crington home? I think it was 2015-16. Yeah, well, that we was were a great basically. Game. Completely. Oh yeah, that was the Ruben Reed screamer, wasn't it? 
the half yeah, the volley into the top corner. Yeah, and before that, McCormick's made about four saves that you know you wouldn't expect him to make. You know, he's hit the woodwork twice, and we've somehow won it. And I think it may be that match-winning element that makes me remember it a little bit more. But yeah, it was it was absolutely fantastic from Palmer, and I don't want to get carried away because I know Macy had a decent enough start to last season. But I mean, things look good. Yeah, I I was slightly disappointed almost when I saw that Cooper wasn't starting. I'm certainly not disappointed anymore. No, no, I kind of feel a bit gutted for Cooper. I'm a, yeah, I'm sorry, I do, you know, I feel a bit sorry for Cooper. He got number one shirt. He had a good preseason. To all intents and purposes, it looked like he was going to come in and be number one. And I kind of felt, oh, really? But hey, you cannot say no to the logic that produced a, you know, a player who put in a performance that good. Cooper will get his chance against Orient on Tuesday. And I'm sure, you know, every luck, every you know, best of luck to him. I'm sure he'll have a decent game because, you know, more often than not, he does have a good game. But you can't argue it at all at the minute with Palmer being first choice keeper like that. Not at all. And he had, a, he had a superb game. I think credit to Wooten. I think we've all had we've all had a go at him enough. So give him credit when he's had a good game. He had a good game in the right side of defence there. Pretty much kept, you know, marked his man well. One headers a lot, lot better than what he normally does. He, 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 actually, he, he, he yeah. actually won, um, I think it was, uh, he. I think he won half his headers. Oh, still a step in the right direction. There's anyway. a step in the right direction, but <laughs> hang on. I've actually got it here. He won four out of eight. So that's better, I mean, but it's still got it's still got room for improvement. Yeah, would, would it be fair it's to four say... Four more than I think he would have won last season. Yeah. Would it be fair to say the ones he did win were actually kind of more, you know, obviously quality to take always, They were always... They were always... They were a little all, bit better headers? They or? were virtually all against the same player. Okay. Which player was that? Uh, Porter, the main striker, he was he was yeah, he's good, big, yeah. big big fella, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sawyer and Canavan have much higher rates, but off the top of my head, I can't remember what they were. And I've just closed the uh, place with a second. And, I can't and you, you, yeah, I think the best of the back three was Canavan. <laughs> he had a really really good game. I don't think he even with, with Wooten and Sawyer they did well, but you could maybe pick up a little blip here and there. Maybe they were a bit too loose, let the man come in a bit too much. You know, maybe headings where weren't so good. Canavan, I think, had an absolutely outstanding game. He marked his man perfectly. Can't remember him missing one header that he really should have Ooh, won. Oh, ah, there's one. There is just one. Uh, yeah, well, that, then. So, you know the penalty incident, Wooten sliding in? Yeah. Canavan lost the flick on right before. Okay, fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I picked sure, that one up yeah, at the time. Yeah, it was one of the, it yeah, was one the only... Forgot that. It was, of all the important headers he contested, it's the only one he lost. But still, he had a, he had a really really good game. And you're right, you did give Matthews ev- a ten against um, Bradford. A nine was it not a gift? Ten. You gave him a nine, him a nine against Northampton. There, which to be fair was a very well deserved nine, given that he was the difference between two nil and five nil. Was yeah. Oh yeah, but that that was Northampton away when we were absolutely day. atrocious. And he, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a horrendous. Yeah, oh, anyway, no, you yeah. gave him a nine. I gave him a ten against Bradford. I'm gonna say, I don't think I gave him a ten. I, I, I gave him a ten. Nine, but... See, I'm I, I like yeah. my. I, I'm willing to give a keeper a ten if they do <laughs> enough for it. Goalkeepers union over there, clearly. Um, <laughs> I've um, well, I've completely lost my trailer for. Yeah, Canada. I think every player had a pretty good game. Yeah, kind of. I think nobody really had a bad game. I, maybe if there's one you want a bit more from, maybe Byron Moore looked a bit off the. You know, maybe he didn't quite have the first touch he wanted. He quite faded a bit second half. Mostly not his fault, granted, because obviously you know you you know we were defending very deep. He wasn't going to get the ball so much. But I feel his strike partner Joel Grant was making more runs. He was you know, getting back a bit, doing a bit more. Well, more I think the difference. Oh, wasn't Grant so wasn't good. getting back and doing more. Yeah. That's that's rubbish. Byron Moore was the one who went back. The, there was a clear dynamic, which was that Grant stayed upfield, more dropped back. Moore was in the line. You'd have 
back five, followed by the three midfielders, and then you have Byron Moore sweeping up. So when those three, when uh, Sarsvich, Edwards, and Mayer sat that sat back, they sat in, and it went to their deepest midfielder, whose name escapes me. Moore was the one who chased back and put pressure on him. So Moore, Moore was clearly operating more on the wings, more as the backup, whereas Joel Grant was almost the central. I that's got to be what I mean more by that is that, that yeah so when we were when we were in the first half and um, maybe early stages in the second half Byron Moore was more of the defensive forward you're right what I mean is who was really making the making the effort more to come and collect the ball to be an outlet I think that was Joel Grant a bit more not that Byron Moore was bad I'm not sitting there saying they had a bad game he had a solid you know high six low seven borderline game but maybe in the first you know the first half some of his touches were a bit sluggish maybe he just didn't seem quite as alert and on the game as everyone else but hey if that's the worst performance of the 11 and he's got an assist and he's had a six seven borderline game if that's the case then I think you've got to give full credit to the whole team if that's the weakest player yeah, then that's exactly the Exactly. I mean, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? That we, we can be on this podcast last season and picking out lots of issues with Argos team, where it went wrong. Whereas this game that's just gone, we're having to really dig deep to think of something that may be considered a negative just to you know, yourself. look at the other side. But I mean, I, I, of course, <laughs> go you on, do. Man. We sat too deep second half. Everyone who knows me knows that. Second half. I should say, right, we, 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 sorry, we've got one more thing to talk about before we wrap this up. And that's the person who has barely even been mentioned yet and deserves very much a lot more recognition. That would be the, the official match winner, uh, double goal scorer, Mr. McFatting. I don't think he had that great a game apart from the two goals. Is that very controversial? <laughs> he, he did well with the two goals. He pressed very well. I think some of his distribution was a little wayward. Some of his defensive work maybe wasn't the best. But hey, if you score two goals and you you know you run like hell all game and press press the opposition very well like he did in the first half, full credit to him for that. Um, I feel like gave him an eight overall. I probably would have said his general level of performance was like a high six, low seven. But getting yeah, two goals that. that puts that puts him very much up to an eight overall. Agree with that. I thought he worked hard. I think I'm pretty much the same. He was just a bit too conservative in possession. Like, I, mm. did did he complete a dribble all game? I don't think so. Riley completed four. Then, you know, he is too too sort of willing to play back inside, lean on someone else to sort of make. Some, and he was sort of playing off others' creativity rather than being the creative one himself. But he, he came good with obviously the goal in in the first few minutes. We saw him coming in off his wing, and there were two pretty decent finishes as well, right? I mean. Obviously, the first one we've, we've mentioned, but even the third one, I know I've said it was poor goalkeeping, but it's a, to get it in from that angle at that height, and you know, it's it, it almost beggars belief that he didn't score once last season. I mean, it, it, are we sure we've signed the same player? It's a remarkable transformation if what you're saying is true. Like, it's, yeah, very surprising and very pleasing as well. Joe, you know, I think... Oh, it might not be his. First, I think it might be his first ever career goal was actually against Argyle. Can Sam remember it? What McFadden? Yeah, yeah, it was Burton away, twenty fourteen, when they beat us one nil. Yeah, and, that's um, the one. Squeezed under McCormick, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, right. Let's wrap that one up there. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> God, that was positive. That's probably got to be the most positive podcast we've had. <laughs> I think we're. It's not like us well, at all. Well, I think we were more negative after being Rochdale 4-1, to be honest. 5-1. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, great feeling. I think we're all dying for Saturday to come. I think we basically can't wait for more of this. Honestly, like it, it's a strange, strange feeling where 
last season it was like, oh, I got to play it again. Whereas this season it's like, oh, wow, I got to play it again. I want to get there immediately. It's, yeah, as you say, it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's very strange. More of the same. But I am loving Enthusiasm's it. Enthusiasm's infectious. I think we're all enjoying it. I mean, just give us, I don't know, three or four wins in the first, you know, five or six to start the season. We'll all be delighted. Anyhow, thank you all so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you enjoy Saturday, and we hope you enjoy next Saturday too. That's from all of us. Good night. Good night. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.